so in her role, hopefully, she says she was, and you know that she's gonna she's gonna work with her officers to teach them as, about culture competency and and being able to come into the community and have relationships where, like back in the days, we knew we knew officers. Everybody knew Orlando because he was out there on the football field. Right. right. You know, so. Certain officers, when we were growing up, we knew them. We knew their faces. They knew us. They knew our parents. They knew if we did something out of line, that they can go knock on our parents' door and say, hey, your son was out here doing X, Y, Z. You know, talk with him so he won't get in trouble. We don't have that anymore. You have an officer knock on your door. Your your child is in handcuffs, and they're telling you, oh, your child is going to jail. There's no relationship between the community and the officer anymore. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna come back, revisit this, uh, continue our conversation here with Alicia Oates. Uh, Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Ukraine says its forces are discovering wartime atrocities in the wake of Russian troops who've pulled out of the Kiev region. The latest development is provoking outrage and frustration at the highest levels of Ukraine's government. A senior aide to President Volodymyr Zelensky blaming the massacre of civilians on Western politicians who he charges are afraid to provoke Russia. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter reports Zelensky's aide sees a comparison to the conflict in Bosnia. In an angry social media post echoing the Bosnian war, Mikhailo Podolyak speaks of a Srebrenica for the 21st century and says often repeated Western fears that Russia should not be pushed into using barbaric terror tactics with mass rape, executions and cremations have ironically led to the Russians feeling free to perpetrate those very horrors. Mr. Podolyak pleads for action instead of another summit where Western politicians could shake their heads in disapproval. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter. Human Rights Watch says it has documented several cases of apparent war crimes committed by Russian troops in Ukraine. NPR's Nathan Rott has more from Kiev. The laws of war violations, as Human Rights Watch called them, occurred against civilians in parts of Ukraine that Russian troops had occupied, including north of here in the capital. The cases included rape, execution, looting, and violence against civilians. In recent days, as Russian troops have withdrawn from the Kyiv region, Ukrainian forces have begun sweeping the areas of mines and unexploded ordnance. Disturbing videos showing dead civilians are being posted online by groups entering those areas for the first time since Russia withdrew. In other parts of the country, though, fierce fighting continues. And even in and around Kyiv, Officials are warning it's still not safe for people to return. Nathan Rott, NPR News, Kiev. The British government is expected to unveil a new energy policy sometime this week. And as Vicki Barker reports, nuclear will feature heavily. Unlike the European Union, which it officially left in January 2020, Britain is not heavily dependent on Russia for its oil and natural gas. But the knock-on effect from the invasion of Ukraine has helped push the UK's energy prices to historic highs. Now, Britain's business secretary has told the Sunday Telegraph the UK could build six or seven new nuclear power stations by 2050. Wazai Kwarteng said the first could be under construction as early as 2024. Nuclear and wind energy are expected to form the centerpiece of the new policy aimed at bringing the UK closer to energy self-sufficiency. For NPR News, I'm Vicki Barker in London. This is NPR. A new Broadway production of Shakespeare's Macbeth has suspended performances on Broadway until April 8th because its star, Daniel Craig, has tested positive for COVID. Jeff London reports. Macbeth only began previews last Tuesday, but canceled last Friday's performance when one actor tested positive. Then, on Saturday, the producers announced that Daniel Craig had tested positive as well, and performances would not resume until next Friday. This suspension comes as the BA two variant is beginning to spread in New York. On Saturday, the musical company featured nine understudies and swings, including the leading role of Bobby. The Broadway League, an industry group, 
announced on Friday that vaccination and mask protocols for audiences would be in effect through April 30th at least. Casts and crews on Broadway shows are vaccinated, masked offstage, and tested regularly. For NPR News, I'm Jeff London in New York. In Prague, a new internet radio station has taken to the digital airwaves, broadcasting news, information, and music designed for an audience of Ukrainians. It's estimated that more than a quarter of a million Ukrainian refugees arrived in the Czech Republic after Russia invaded Ukraine. The operation is a collective effort of radio veterans and beginners, among them Ukrainians who've been living abroad for a long time and those who've just arrived in the Czech Republic. The idea is to help refugees in their transition to a new country. I'm Luis Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. Support for NPR comes from Total Wine and More, where in-store teams can recommend a bottle of wine, spirit, or beer for any occasion. Shoppers can explore over 8,000 wines, 2,500 beers, and 4,500 spirits. TotalWine.com You're listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. If you've been saving up for a rainy day to get a new car, the rainy season is coming. So if you're in need of a more reliable ride to get you through the wet roads safely, donate your old one to WMNF. We accept used cars, trucks, and even RV donations, running or not. Donating is easy. Learn more at WMNFcar.org. Hey, what's going down, family? your resident chef, Big Eddie G, inviting you to the Soul Kitchen. Me and my assistant chef, Mr. White Pepper Dave and Brian, serve up the best of R&B and soul music with a pinch of hip-hop and jazz and a dash of fun. So stop by Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Bring your appetite, because the kitchen will show enough fill you up right. Here, only on 88.5 WMNF. I'm Marcy Finkelstein, and after years of bringing you the Tuesday morning show, I've moved to Saturday. We're having a party. My new show is Words and Music, and it airs from 10 a.m. to noon. Different day, but the same mix of old favorites and new releases, plus intimate conversations with artists about their latest work. And I'd love to have your company. That's Words and Music, Saturday from 10 to noon. Hey, Ed, you want to play What If? Sure. How do you play? Easy. Just imagine something that you'd like to see happen. Like having it rain tacos on Tuesday? Or how about a four-hour block of folk and acoustic music on WMNF? You don't have to imagine that. It's happening every Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m. with Postmodern Hood Nanny. Hosted by me, Ed Lehman, featuring new and exciting Americana music along with classic folk favorites. And that's followed at noon for two hours with the Acoustic Peace Club with me, Jeannie Holton, and Nathaniel Cox featuring the best of folk and singer-songwriters with great topical songs and music that matters. Get your four-hour fix of folk music every Sunday starting at 10 a.m. right here on WMNF Tampa. What about my Taco Tuesday? This ain't the Food Network yet. The postmodern hoot nanny is coming next hour. Right now, you're tuned to the Sunday Forum with Walter L. Smith and the Fourth State crew talking about violence, especially among our kids. So keep it tuned and taking your telephone calls 813 239 9663. Hawthorne, Kenny and Ginger Ale right here on the Sunday Forum. We'll have us a little fun.
be the Henny and Ginger Ale will but take I mean, your mind off the gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. We try. Here on the Sunday Forum. Our guest this morning is Miss Alicia Oates. Alicia, how you doing? I'm good. Good. You like that? You like that? I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit before my time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we want to we want to thank you for being here with us, Alicia, to talk about these these things that are going on. I mean, we we having some violence here that we cannot continue to allow to happen. And so, right here on the Sunday Forum, we are we, we're talking to Alicia Oates about violence that we haven't even seen or heard of in the media. We did not see, how do we miss a young girl being set on fire? Who, what kind of malicious attitude is learned that you would do something like that? What? Wow. Are our kids that mean, Alicia? I, I wouldn't say that that mean. I just feel that we, um, as the community... Um, the examples that some of our elders and and community leaders are setting for our kids is not the examples that need to be set. So we have kids that are are watching because everything is on social media. Not only what they're doing with the guns and the TikTok, so what the adults are doing. So they're mm. watching and they they're seeing, but they're just taking it to another level. You know. So we have. Adults that are calling each other names are bullying each other on Facebook and Instagram. So I can't see that. So how are we able to try to tell them, hey, you know, that's not okay. You shouldn't be doing that. But they come back and say, hey, well, we see um, these leaders or these elders, they're doing it. We see our parents, right. they're doing it. Right. So we, we can't put it all on the kids because they're only doing what they're seeing just just on a bigger level. Yeah, right. that, that occurred to me earlier too. <laughs> that the adults, like these kids, are carrying on feuds probably that the that were started by the elders. That was started by the last generation or two generations ago. But it also occurs to me that what happened on the Oscar stage last Sunday night when Will Smith slapped mm. Chris Rock is exactly what Alicia was just talking about, mm -hmm. how, you know, that's a whole new level of humiliation. Yeah. You know, why would Will Smith, I mean, he had time to think about what he was about to do when he stormed the stage, and he couldn't stop himself. He couldn't say, well, what kind of example am I setting? You well, know, you're probably going to see other people do that type of thing now. Exactly. You know, why uh, not? Well, and Chris made fun of her disease. That's why he reacted. Well, to not it. necessarily. I mean, besides, he didn't know about the disease. He he yeah, didn't know, and it wasn't even mentioned in the joke. And he's a comedian, and Will Smith is a performer. Will Smith knew better. You know, he knew he overreacted, and now why wouldn't kids overreact to right. words? Yeah, to words. Yeah, yeah. Man. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're usually overreacting to is the words. Um, and, you know, Will, he knew better. Um, I'm honestly like, she, um, she would be a, a beautiful G.I. Jane. <laughs> like, Me <right>? too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great idea, personally. I, I was so lost. I didn't get it. I'm like, she is beautiful. A black G.I. Jane, oh, my God, our girls would love to see that. Yeah. Like, yes. the, our black young girls were like, oh, well, she can do it, too. Right. I just think he took it to another level. And Chris Rock handled it very, very yes, well. He did. But our kids don't handle things like that. You know, now the world's seen it. In our communities, if that happened in our community, they're oh, going to come man. back and break. They're going to come back because now they're embarrassed. Um, if they didn't fight him at that point, they're going to come back with guns. Like, that, he definitely did not make a good choice. Um, but then I, my person, and me and I walk around slapping people either. So that mm. was just like, oh. You know, men just don't slap people. Like, that's just... That, that was the second time Will Smith just slapped somebody. Yeah, that's that's like, that's the ultimate disrespect. Slapping someone is like, 
A second time? Yeah, the The first time a man tried to, uh, uh, interviewer, or I'm sorry, the a reporter tried to kiss him. It, it's this guy. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah he smacked France. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are still doing that. Yeah, but that is a definitely, now the kids see that, now they're going to try to, because I'm sure it's a TikTok challenge out, a Will Smith TikTok challenge somewhere out there now. They're going to make it a challenge. Now, that's, that's going to be a whole nother level of issues that we have in our city with our kids. But we, okay, so now, what what happens now? How do we, how do we curb that? As parents, how do we curb that? I, talk, first, having those conversations. So I told my son, my 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 son knows he's not he's not going out there to slap no one. He knows he will he will walk away and tell someone, but other kids not. So having parents talk to their kids about you know the level of respect and 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 from both ends, you know, understanding where he was coming from from the hurt because you know my son is young, he's twelve, he doesn't have a wife, but if someone says something about his mother, it's the same thing. He's going to react. So just mm-hmm. having those conversations saying that those, whatever someone says to you about me doesn't hurt me. I'm still going to get up. I'm still going to eat. I'm still going to move on with my date. Those words cannot hurt me at all. We all heard that one at least. Understand that uh, words, you know, the words are powerful. Words yeah, they are. are they are. Powerful. They are. They are. I, I'm going to tell you right now. We all heard that when we got home. But why you hit that boy like that? Why you beat him up? Because... He talked about you. Talk about my mama. <laughs> but I mean, I'm all right. I ain't heard that. I don't care. He said something about my mom. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, we've come a long way from the dozens, right? We yeah. used to can say that, you yeah. know, and not end up in violence. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Let's let's go to these calls. Let's get these calls. This okay. is some serious stuff, man. I wow. Next caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I am on the Sunday forum. About time, huh? What's up, Ron? What's going on, man? Hey, man, y'all on top of it. And I'd like to commend the young lady for her actions and her activity in the community. I grew up on 30 Stockton and Hillsborough Avenue. And Mabibla, you was out for last week, but when I was talking, I told you about the spelling bee thing. That was not to pat my stuff on the back. It was to show exactly what this lady is talking about now. Now, I went to the first integrated black school right there, W.J. Bryan. They done changed it to something else on 30th Street. So, we had mixed communities in there. And what I was saying is, during that integration, that's when they start turning one against the other right there. Because the Caucasian kids that came to the school were basically exempt from, you know, you hitting them, touching them, talking about them and all that, and they didn't care anyway. They'd go home. So I think this has been a long-standing issue. And like I was saying, they used a person from my childhood when I went to federal court to demean me to demoralize me and to make me of, of no uh, contest to the court system because what they say is, oh, it's a black lady in you. It's not racism. See, and that's what's going on now. Like the guy called and said, that's straight racism. He called and said, well, y'all don't talk to the police. Y'all won't tell them. Well, they told about Emmett Till killers. They didn't do nothing. <laughs> they saw the man sitting on the man's neck. They didn't want to do nothing. So why should we even think that that's going to be part of our solution? See what I'm saying? They don't care. Michael Jackson told you, I keep saying this, that they don't really care about us. And what's happening is we don't care about our kids. We don't care about our kids. When you go and tell your kid that it's okay to go hurt another human being or that they could jump and bully somebody, you're just as ignorant as the people who put us in slavery because that doesn't solve anything. See? And what has been taught to us is that, you know, you, you see all these little kids go to school and they shoot up the school. Our kids ain't shooting up the school. They shooting up each other. See, they, they ain't that crazy. You want me to say it like that? They ain't that crazy. See, they want to play crazy, but they're not that crazy. That's just craziness right there. And to hurt another black person because somebody said, sticks and stones hurt may break my bones, but words, words, you know, will never hurt me. You got to know that. My mom and them used to say that, and, and children talked about us for being poor all my life, man. And to the day, they still want you ain't nothing. You you are the same, my same people. I just had three people at the VA hospital to try to shut me down for getting a little five, six hundred extra dollars for clothing allowance. Three like individuals. I had to fight against them. Then I had to go over all of the head. The chief is a black lady. The second in command is a black man. The man who did try to stop me is a black man. He's been against me ever since he's been in that position. And I know it because 
He the one keep filing papers on it. He told me I the one did this. You real bold. He want me to go like the children do. Oh well, we we can settle this. You come outside the office and I show you who I'm is. I, I you gonna see who I'm is. All that old. I just okay. Yeah, you did it. Okay, fine. You don't record it. You know that, right? So okay, just keep talking your stupidness, and that's exactly what happened to them. That's stupidity. And we need to teach our kids that we don't have time for the the the, the futile words and the egregious ISIS. We are being depleted at a fast number by each and every part of society, each and every aspect of society, and, and we're being displaced in at alarming numbers. And so that's why I called because, you know, the teacher jumped on my son in, in, in uh, high school to stop him from playing basketball because I was an excellent basketball. I'm not going to say I was good. I was excellent. <laughs> Every night okay. on the park, I saw a dude the other day, Big Money. That was my, I didn't give myself my, that name. Every time it's a game winning shot, they gave Big Money. And you can ask people, I don't, I didn't never name myself that. I never said that. Okay. So we know in our community how to, respect and address people. You know what my code was on the park as I was a park director? And I saw maybe two. If you fight, I'm calling the cops on you. It's not a fighting place. We come out here to get rid of stress. We come out here to... I, that was my thing and I fell into it because they put the pressure on me. That's how they do it. They'll flip it on the person who... You know, like uh, a good example was uh, one, of, one of the Panthers hated cocaine and then they got hooked on cocaine. That's the kind of stuff they work on us. They listen to you. They figure a plot that while we sleep and these people be working on us. The governor don't care. You heard him come up there. So let's not monkey this up. We don't want to play with the monkeys. We want to help ourselves. My constituents only. Can you not hear what they're saying? Can y'all not discern what is really coming out their lips? And so that's telling you right there. He don't care what happens in our community. They don't care. And they're pushing it. How do you think the guns got in there? Who over there sell the gun? Who got a gun shop over there? You see what I'm saying? Who sells the bullets? Who got bullets over there? Y'all can't see what's going on. They're kidding us against each other to destroy each other so it makes their job very easy, okay? That's the bottom line on that. And then they use our own kind who are very ignorant to take and judge themselves. Like, look at Clarence Thomas. Y'all just heard it, didn't you? Him and his wife hate civil rights. Him and his uh, Caucasian wife. And he's no different from her, but he has a different tone, skin tone. So it's not based on our skin tone anymore. It's based on our consciousness. Okay? So that's where we need to start at. Because okay. look at him. I hate to say this, but I'd rather for my child to marry somebody that got good sense and they could be any color than to marry a dumb, ignorant person that say they're black and they, they represent black people because you don't represent black people when you hurt your own. You don't represent black people when you turn against your own. You, you can't. How can you be a thing and hate it? How can you do a, do a pit bull, hate his other pit bull? No, he just want to show him who the boss. Do a German shepherd, hate the other German shepherd? No, they just want to show him I'm a dog like you, I'm a boss like you too. See? We got it all confused. And our community needs to know it's not based on your status. It's not based on your economics. All that is is this false stuff is set up by this system, man. They set up who they want and they take down who they want when they want. I told my kids they get anybody they want to. You tell me the people in this state, they can get anybody they want to. That's a darn lie. They can't we can't find them. We can't catch it. We don't know what's happening. Leave it. I'm gonna leave this with you. A guy shot in my daddy's truck. A, a, a guy older than me. And not old as my daddy, because my daddy was talking to his mama. My daddy, my mama left my daddy, which most black women do these days. They leave me in because whatever they've been propagandized by, I told. So he was living by himself. And when I went over there one day, I saw his car. He had been hit by the guy, shot by the guy. And so I said, before I kill this nigga, let me go get the police. I'm going to tell you, just like I said. So I went and told the police, look, I know the law. You can't shoot in nobody's car and not be arrested, et cetera, et cetera. They put a pin in this thing. And so... I waited two weeks. Nobody said nothing to me. I filed a complaint. My daddy said, I'm not going to do it. I don't do that. He said, I won't. And I'm telling you, this is God. This, I swear on this. My daddy said, I'm not talking to no police. I'm not telling on nobody, no matter what. I, I said, Daddy, you ain't none of me. They're not going to, nobody's going to be putting their hands on me. They're not going to be doing all this to me. And I'm not going to do nothing. So I agree with the guy in that respect. But look what happened. I went and filed a complaint. They came back after nobody called me. I said, Hey, I want to know what's happening. I'm following up on this. This is my father. And I grew up in that community. I was an exemplar. Since y'all, the governor wanted to use, he don't know what it means. I was an exemplar in my community. So, me and amongst other people. But he told me my daddy had pulled out a gun at the guy, so the guy shot in his truck, so he's not going to do nothing. I said, well, wait a minute. That don't make no damn sense. I said, if, you, if, if my daddy did that, then you arrest my damn dad. I said, he shot in my daddy's truck. He's not supposed to be shooting nobody's car. You arrest him. That guy still driving. He was a taxi driver. He still driving taxis right down on 34th. And he's lucky he wasn't there 
My cousin's name was Tiger, lived on the next street over, and Tiger shot out with the police. And he would have definitely not shot at my daddy with Tiger standing there. He'd have been a dead dog. See, because hmm. they come out of hardcore Georgia. My dad only has one hand. See, that's why I did it. My dad only has one hand. And see, you jump on my daddy, you're not going to jump on me. I got both of my hands, both of my feet, both of my eyes. Try me if you want to. You think I'm right. playing with you? I'm not playing with nobody. I don't care about I used to tell my wife this. She sit there and play with these guys. Oh, this guy. I said, nobody care about how big a guy he is. I said, guys don't care about that. That's some stuff of women believe in. Oh, look at him. He muscular. Yeah, I hit a dude with muscle. He ran one time. But now, wait, wait, hold on. Before, before we go, before we get too far into this, this, this yeah, thing, uh, we gotta understand. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, Ron. Definitely. Name, but I'm just saying, you be pushed so much that it becomes a point where you have to, like she said, what are you gonna tell your child? Some things you can walk away from. Some things you can't. When they put their hands on you, it's hard to walk away. Right. Yeah. I yeah. can take the talking. Yeah. I get a little push. Even a slap. I don't get slapped like we were slapped by my own brother. He got a little money one time and just slapped. I said, "What you slap me for?" And you slap me like that again, I'm gonna hurt you. Yeah, I have zero understanding with that with that type of thing. You know, you slap me, we got a real problem. And yeah. and, and you're gonna know it when you when you sipping out of when you uh, sipping soup for the next six months. You gotta look at the context. That's family. That's you a man. I've been here playing basketball. I've been here playing football. I've been here. Okay, that them hits ain't nothing to the hits. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. We can your parents beat your booty worse than a person talking about you. You understand? Right. Stuff like that. We, we as the parents, is letting our children down, is what I'm saying. I fight like hell to try to keep mine straight, keep them in line, tell them that God on the truth. But I can't uh, sugarcoat it. We can't keep sugarcoat things when, when it's real. When people uh, uh, go uh, crazy on you with aggression, there's no more reality. That's irrationality. Right. And that's what we got right now in that country with a man just to kill people, lay them down. And don't nobody care. It ain't me. Is what people say. It ain't me. They just look and cheer it on or who who is. You know, we gotta stop violence where we see it. We don't have right. to go tell the police. We can stop it where, where we see. We see people shooting. Take. Oh, I'm gonna tell you this. Put the video camera on. Yeah. That's all. I don't want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. Hey, listen, Ron. We we, okay. we we appreciate your words, man. But we got we got to go to the next caller, man. Um, Alicia. Yes, sir. I wish you the, we we have we have some very 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 enthusiastic callers. See, um, yeah. and and you heard the words are wrong. What what are your thoughts on that in terms of what what can parents say to children? Just I mean, just having those conversations, like I said, and and it's going and it's going to take more than conversation. We're going to take the men in the community to um, step up and and mentor our boys. Um, and the women to step up and help mentor our girls because it's just not the parents. It's the community. It's everyone. It's going to take all of us. This issue has not just started happening. This has been going on for decades. So it's going to be take more than just a parent having conversations. It's going to take all of us. You know, we have um, a couple of great mentoring groups in the community. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't support or back the ones that's doing the work. Like we have Jalen Robinson who does Boys Not Out every um, fourth Friday of the month where it's a gym full of young boys who are looking for mentors, who are looking for someone to help them go in the right direction. But, you know, he has a handful of mentors that show up faithfully. But where are the other men out here? Where are all these these officers, these judges, these lawyers, these elected officials who who made it, who got out of the situation, who come from those hoods, coming and talking to them and pouring into them, letting them know that they support them and have their back. We don't have that. We we just don't. So that's I think that's what where we need to start. We need to start getting these men, getting mentors in these young boys' lives so when they are out there making those bad decisions or even thinking about making bad decisions, they they can hear those voices of the mentors saying, oh, you have someone to come talk to. You have someone to support you. Right, right. I, I still think, and I, you're absolutely right, uh, but I think that, and I think it, it actually, pour, it actually uh, falls in line with that. It certainly is intersectional, where we are taking our kids and we're saying to them, listen, uh, let, let's let's go find something else of interest. 
so, some other interest point, right? Let's find some other interest points, things that are, that matter, and get you involved in that, right? Uh, you know, anything, anything other than just the the status quo, what, whatever it is that's going on out there. But to get them away from that as a as a norm, because our kids have become desensitized, it seems, mm-hmm. to this type of activity. Let's let's go to our, our next caller. Okay, go ahead, caller. You're on the seventy four. Good morning, peace and blessings. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, and tell, good morning to everyone there, and Sister Alicia. I, I, I just want to say this. You know, we're at the uh, sunset of the anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King, and we're still unpacking, you know, a lot of our life here in America and we are also witnessing a lot of undoing of a lot of that work. So whatever community that we're in presently, uh, we're seeing this similar situation. Once it was just Chicago, 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 then it was Miami, Miami, Miami. And now people are beginning to see how it is affecting this violence in our own neighborhood. And I don't think we should get away from the fact of uh, young people uh, imitating art. No one holds accountable to what they are seeing every day and what they are hearing and who's making millions off of all of it. Because you can't do a rap video and make a million dollars talking about love, peace, and harmony. No, you got to be talking about sex, guns, violence. The women's got to look a certain way. They got to expose their body or something. That is happening here in the United States. And so when young people is hearing all that information on top of all of the poverty that they have to endure, all of the miseducation, all of the injustice in the criminal justice system, all of the legalizing of selling medical marijuana while their uncles and daddies are stuck in these prisons, that's the realization that we're in. And then how we are so distracted, the Will Smith issue or the Lando Goose issue for black people, that becomes our full distraction and our full conversation as opposed to why the House passed the bill to legalize marijuana that will reduce some of the sentencing of young black men uh, that stuffed in these prisons that can come back to our community and give us a hand. We're not having those kind of discussions. We're not telling our people that, hey, on this day is the city council meeting, county commission meeting, and the school board. They have our resources, and yet they're not addressing our problems. And so, yes, we got some real contradictions in our community and some unpacking that we're going to have to do. But it's not going to happen simply because, you know, we're just telling, you know, our young people to do better. Because I remember even when instructing my children, it was if somebody hit you, hit them back. That was the theme uh, in our community. Somebody hit you, hit them back. Well, we see the harm from that. Now we're moving into a different direction that we have more conversation. And if our communities are being ignored, it is intentional. And if grown people adults want to get a handle on this. We have to get behind the leadership that is not doing it for glitz and glory, but is understanding the art of war. We can't have these long systemic problems happening to every poverty driven black community mainly. And then the people try to say, well, why we can't figure it out. It's going to take some heavy lifting some heavy lifting. If we want to be, say, in this city, the city that sit on the mountain that can give instructions and leadership to the nation, it takes hard conversations with adults, men at the front of those conversations, so we can deal with the um, uh, unsustainable living that is occurring over there in Silver Oak. That these apartment landlords get all of this federal subsidy, but they don't care about the quality of life for the people. And then when the people try to make their initial complaint, then we're being told that's not agency to go to. We have to, again, 
in my opinion, and keep me in check, or at least in anybody in the community. Because I take it serious, my advocacy, that if we are not organized to push our own agenda and to push it in the face of those that are making policy, we simply can't tell our young people to do better because we haven't done better. Thank you so much. All power to the people. All power to the people. Thank uh, you, Queen Mother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, she's right. Yeah, she's she's absolutely right. right. Alicia? Yes, uh, Ms. Connie is definitely right. Um, we can't and like I said, we can't expect others to do better when we, if we're not doing better, if we're not putting in the efforts, especially with the elected officials, holding them accountable. We vote them in. We have to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. We have to make sure we know what each elected official role is and what they're responsible for when we vote in and not just let um, elected officials come to the community and say, well, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for you, knowing in their role they can't. So it's just, and it's about educating them, being being educated voters and holding the elected officials once they're in there accountable. And if they're not, vote them out when it's time. We, we, if we are past the, you know, plan with them. It's over. Like, we definitely have to be Remind them that we voted for them. We we don't, they need us. They need our vote, you know? And when they're in our roles, they need to do what they're supposed to do. Right. And I was talking to about Silver Oaks. Like, today, we're meeting up with residents over in Silver Oaks to put a plan together because it's overdue. My mom lived in Silver Oaks for over 30 years, and, it's, and it has been ongoing issues, ongoing problems, and it's enough is enough. Cambridge management has received enough money off the back of the residents in our community, and uh, it's time for them to either step up and fix it, or are we going to move forward? Like, enough is enough. No one should have to walk out their home and step in backed up, you know, toilets, and, you know, that's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's nasty, it's unhealthy, and, and like Ms. Connor said, we've called everyone. We've called so many elected officials, and only three I've even stepped up to try to help Susan Valdez, Orlando Goose. Um, it's, it's, it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> where are the others? We're calling you all. We're calling Louis Vieira. I've tagged him in posts. I've called him. It's like, okay, you know, where are you when the, the people, those kids, those families need help and no one's stepping up to the plate? So today we are definitely going to meet in Silver Oak at 1 o'clock um, because we're tired. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a quality of life issue. Yeah. It is. It is. And we, we and, and we've got to get that. We got to get that right. Our quality of life is in many. As I said before, city council. If city council's not going to do it, county commission's not going to do it, state's not going to do it, then we have to take the resources that we do have and make it work. If we are consumers, we, we're the, we're some of the biggest consumers out there, right? Okay, but we are not producers. Right, uh, we have got to become producers. Number one, number two, we've got to be able to take that money that we use for consumption and put it towards something that is going to be viable and sustainable in our communities. And and when we talk about these things that are happening at Silver Oaks or that are happening in other places as well, right? Yes, Columbus Court, Central Court, yeah, Jackson Heights, um, yeah. and they all most of them are all owned by Cambridge Management. Mm. That's not even located in Santa. All right. See, see, this is what this is it. This is what I'm talking about. We talk about we talk about this. We talk about it's the same thing, man. It's all environmental. It's all sustainability, right? Environmental, social, economic, right? All those ideas of, of sustainability. When we talk about that, look at look at our energy bills, our energy burdens. Our energy burdens are all messed up. People can't afford to pay the energy and can't pay afford to pay the water. What ends up happening? They get evicted. Right. right, but the question also becomes or gets back to how does this affect the young people? I mean, if they're you if they're yeah, they, they're they, living they, they like live this. In it. They, they right. live, when you live in filth, when you live in filth, you're forced to live in filth. What do you do when you're forced to live like an animal? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or you know, or you're headed that way. Whatever however you want to put it, it doesn't matter. Bottom line is, when you're forced to live like that, what do you think is going to happen? 
and mm. what happens to their mindset, yeah. what happens to their relationships, or how they get yes. along with one another or don't. It's resentment. It's, there's, there's resentment that's built up, I think, that that, uh, that leads to this type of thing, man. That's, that's, and and I'm, I know the parents are feeling it. No question but the parents oh, are feeling sure. it. So how, are you, how do you explain that to your child growing up and they have to, they have to live through that, live, live in that? That's, there's something wrong with that. There's something seriously wrong with that. Let's go to our next call. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning. This is Chris Steiner in Clearwater. Good morning, Chris. Hi, good morning. I hope I can talk uh, without uh, Mobila cutting me off, Walter, because I have a lot of information. Right, but Chris, Chris, listen to me. Listen to me. We, if, if the information, we don't have a lot of time right now. It's, it's now 942. So I'm just going to be oh. very fair with you. But we, it's 942. Please, let's go directly to your question. Yeah, well, well, Walter, I'd, I'd just ask if you would be the one who designates when I should get cut off rather than Mobili deciding when to end the conversation when I'm trying to have with you. And that's happened in the past. So um, I wanted to, you know, when it comes to energy, I'll, I'll, since you brought that, I want to talk about education, the educational milestones being reduced by the CDC. But uh, first, you know, there's a couple um, processes I'll post on your on your Facebook live feed that uh, allow us to become more energy independent. One is called the, the Fisher Troughs process that allows the gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel to be made from CO2 in the atmosphere, actually, hydrogen and CO2. That's the Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R hyphen Troughs, T-R-O-P-S-C-H process. It's been around since World War II, uh, Germany. Uh, Nazis developed that, and or under Nazi Germany, uh, Germans developed that. And uh, now the concern about fertilizer coming from Russia, there's the uh, also developed during that time by Nazi uh, <laughs> Nazi regime, Germans, the, the Fritz Haber Bosch process. Uh, fertilizer can be made from nitrogen and hydrogen, also from the air. That's the Haber Bosch process, H A B E R hyphen B O S C H process. So there are companies doing it right now, and uh, we need to not be so alarmed if, if folks want to look into that. But uh, like I said, I'll post some articles on that. Um, now, back in February, uh, when it comes to education, uh, mid-February, the CDC lowered its standards for speech in early childhood development that haven't been updated since 2004. And now uh, they say that children should know about 50 words at 30 months rather than it had been 24 months of age. So we need to, and also the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, when you look at the, the other developmental milestones that the CDC put out, the American Academy of Pediatrics analyzed and said that 67.7% of the changes to early childhood milestones were moved to older ages in that uh, recent, um, those uh, recent changes by the CDC. So we need to ask, is it the effects of the masks causing ability to recognize speech, to learn speech? And, and uh, the Brown, there's also a Brown University study that was published uh, August 11th last year, 2021, that uh, shows that cognitive tests decreased between 2018 and 2021 by 23%. And that study is entitled Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic on Early Child." Cognitive Development, Initial Findings of the Longitudinal Observational Study of Child Health. Could it have been the COVID regulations? Could it have been the masks, the, the distancing? Could it have been the hyper hypoxia, the lack of oxygen in the bloodstream that's caused by wearing masks, the hypercapnia? And we, have to, we have to treasure our rights and our children's development enough to ask these questions. Children don't have the ACE2 receptors like adults do to become infected, and uh, no children have died of COVID without any without serious comorbidities. I mean, well, let's, 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 look, let's look at this, Chris. Usually, obesity from you know, having high interleukin six levels. Right. Well, let, let me let me let me uh, let me bring it back to the to more of the scope of what we're of what we're focused in on, and I think that the the biggest thing is. Uh, more than anything, uh, I would look at the education piece, right? And that is, are we are we looking at a situation? And, and for Alicia, 
we talk about we talk about the issue of um we talk about the issue of being able to have our children be on level up, so to speak, right? Level up to be where they need to be education wise. Um, I, I think that maybe, you know, COVID had something to do with, with more recent issues because our kids did fall behind in a lot lot of different ways because they weren't in the classroom like they would normally be. Um, and there were some real distractions as a result of it. Uh, but, but with regard to the CDC's, um, the CDC's, uh, statements and, 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 uh, uh, and things, I, I would be, I, I would say that Chris is correct from the standpoint that we need to be more cognizant of what is happening around us. Miss Miss Connie said the same thing. She said we need to be more aware of things that are happening around us. We are distracted by by, wish we had that dump button, but BS stuff. That's around us that we that that takes our attention away from those things that are most important. Listen, you know, yeah, you know, Will Smith slap slap Chris Rock, okay, you know, like all right, big deal, it's over with now. So life goes on, business as usual. Over at Silver Oaks, you got environmental issues, right? You got these kids living in filth, these, these families living in filth that they shouldn't be living in, in that condition at all. Nobody should be living in that condition. You got these kids out here killing each other that's not hitting the news, and no one's recognizing the, the type of violence that, that, that's happening in our communities. So what are, we, what, are we, what are we really paying attention to? Alicia, any comments on that? We're, it's, we're paying attention to what's ever that popular thing at that moment like right now you know the will situation is what's popular like that's what's trending that's what that's what everybody is talking about so that's what everyone's paying attention to so like kind of say we don't be it's topic you know everyone pays attention to the hot topic and move on oh someone got killed last night oh, oh, but we'll stop someone that's more important so it's what's ever trending at that moment um and as it relates to kids yeah COVID did it highlighted the disparities that are in happening in our schools. Um, when COVID first started, I had kids at my house and in my yard um, using my internet because they didn't have internet at home. So when it first started, it definitely shows the lack of resources that um, some of our kids are able to have or have in their home. And now that they're back in school, they are a year behind. But where are the supports? What are where are the programming that should be put in place to help them catch up because you can't hold all the kids back a year. So no. you have to put things in place, programs in place in the community because um, it can't all, all of it can happen in the school um, to help those kids. What it should, every community that has that kids who attend um, a title one school, achievement school, whichever word you want to use for it, change all the time. There should be some tutoring. There should have been, Touring programs put in those communities to help those kids because we have it's there's funding out there. Children's Board has funding. Um, we have other agencies that have it's, it's a lot of funding out there for it that it could have happened, but no one's doing that. No one's we're we're thinking oh the teachers going to get them caught up how how Mm-mm. and then they say parents should help them get caught up. Well, some of the parents can't read either. You know, I've I, when I was doing case management, I've watched parents fill out documents. And they just sign without reading because they don't know how. They don't understand what they're reading. So we we still failing. The community is failing the kids because we, we see the problem. We know how to solve the problem. Those are easy fixes. It's easy to find a tutoring program or someone willing to go into these apartments and tutor our kids. Those are easy fixes. But no one wants to pay attention to it. No one wants to take on that challenge. Well. That, that's that's absolutely correct. I, I see that, um, you know, when really, you know, we talked, you know, we spoke about um, resources and things like that. And I, I got to say, you know, one of the things that my father focused in on a lot was those very issues. Um, and, we, you know, we're working to keep that, to get that back up and running. 
so that we can continue to address those issues, especially secondary guidance counseling. Our guidance counselors aren't doing anything to help our kids. Because well, uh, they don't have time. Guidance counselors are now have to be in class for testing because now we're doing more testing. That's great. So that's guidance crazy. counselors have to pull out kids who have IEPs and 504s who, are, who have to be in small groups who um, have to have questions read to them. So those are legal documents. So the teachers can't do it. So they have to pull other staff in to do that for the kids. Are we seeing more IEPs in our, in our, in our schools? Are we seeing more IEPs, an increase in IEPs at our school? What's IEP? In, um, individual uh, individual education, education program. Uh, program or, yeah. yeah, we are plan, we're seeing plan, more plan. of them in our schools because more of our parents are seeing now the benefits of IEPs, for one. And okay. for years, some of the issues that our kids are having have been missed. So, yeah, we get more IEPs. We get more 504s. But we have the less staff to implement what in these IEPs and 504s. We need to find out why we're getting so many IEPs. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a real issue for me. Why are we getting so many IEPs for these children? Why are you, are, you can't tell me. I don't care what anybody says. You can't tell. I've been a teacher for six years. I spent, I spent time with this thing. And I, I have a son who grew up with an IEP. But we didn't lean on the IEP. Now, it's a different situation for us because our son was born deaf. But when you talk about, but every child, every black child ain't born deaf. And every black child doesn't have a learning disorder. And everybody, some of these kids are being misdiagnosed with learning disorders that they don't have. Well, and, IEP is not just for a learning disorder. IEP can be used for a child who, who has anxiety, um, who needs extra time. Wow. It's not just used just for a disorder. So... A child can have an anxiety, a testing anxiety. A lot of black kids have testing anxiety. So now you get extra time to take that test. You're not timed and rushed to trigger your anxiety. So it gives you an opportunity to do better on the test. So when you when kids with IEPs, it's, a, it's a, actually a great thing for our kids who need it because now you have you get extra time. You don't have to, you know, a lot of, especially boys, we don't, if someone's done before us, now, you know, they're trying to hurry up and get done. Doing this whole thing. Yeah. So now you get put in small groups, so you can't watch what everyone else is doing. You're concentrating on you and what you're doing. So IEPs and 504s are really good things if they are used in the right ways. Now, if you have, it, uh, you know, all our kids have ADHD and ADD at one time, um, and everybody wanted to get their kids medication for Social Security benefits, that was a popular thing a couple of years ago. Um, so, no, I don't agree with that. But I do agree when, if your child has the need, if oh, you know your child's stresses don't test absolutely. well, because some of those tests are used to, if you're going to go to fourth grade. Some of them are used if you're going to graduate, you know, if you're going to get a, a diploma or not. If your child needs that service to make sure they're successful, yes. But Alicia, why, but why are our children having these anxieties? It I mean, could be the environmental factors. Exactly. Like, you know, waking up to gun gunshots one or two o'clock in the morning and I can't Thank you. Sleep. Okay. That's, that's what I wanted to, to bring yeah. it out. I want I yeah. wanted to make that connection. Mm -hmm. Or even with families, like so we we're talking about the black family, but in other homes too, you know, families are fighting and, and they have issues in other homes too. Not right. just in right. the black in the black homes, the other homes too. So those kids all kids are dealing with adult problems. Right. So now I'm, your mom and dad are fighting all night, now you can't sleep, now you go to school you're half tired, and now you're trying to learn. Now you have to take a test. So it's it's definitely all children. It's not just our black and brown kids. It's all kids who are struggling in in the system. Like we have a lot of kids, teachers who who don't have teachers in front of them. They have substitutes teaching core classes. Yeah. Those kids are not getting the education. Yeah, exactly. You have a babysitter sitting Thank in front you. of you because those substitutes are not capable of giving the lesson that a certified teacher will be able to give. Right, right. We got we got a call. We got calls we got online. Lots of callers. We, got a bunch of <laughs> we won't be able to get to everybody, but uh, please, please bear with us, folks. Thirty seconds. Go directly to your your question statement. Okay. So how you doing, man? Yeah. Here's what I did with that Will Smith situation. Well, interesting article called "It's Time for Presidents to the Rescue." <clears throat> it's time for a beer summer on there. This is a time when our adults need to step in. These two rich black men who've enriched themselves, been enriched by the 
sacrifice of our ancestors. We need to bring them together. We talk, read the article, you're with the Norm president to the rescue, and that sort of, uh, it's time for a beer summit, too. And then we need to tie these examples. You go, oh, black folks are fighting. Well, what do you, what do you describe? And then use that peace moment between Will and, uh, uh, and Chris Rock as a moment that maybe we can bring these Russians and these Ukrainians together and talk <laughs> about this deal with the North because they're fighting with missiles and, 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 and gas and helicopters and all that kind of stuff. Same thing. Same thing, except we want to put it on ourselves. Another thing that needs to be done here about this Crystal River stuff, why don't you do what I Put this, give me the pictures, give me the, show me the place, and let me put it within the norms. Because that's what we are about. We are advocacy, medical advocacy, and we have made a difference. Our case now is before the United States Court of Appeals, and the only reason that I have survived and my family's life is because of that blog, you're within the norms.com. All right, everybody go to guys, within the norms.com. Within the norms. Call me. Check it out. Check it out. You're within the norms.com. Next, next caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Yes, how's it going today? All right, all right. 30 seconds. Go directly to your question, please. 30 seconds, man. Look, um, I called after Connie. Basically, you know, this has to do with how people perceive the world. Um, basically, people are going to behave on what they think, and they're going to be influenced by what they see. So if you've got the Internet and you've got, I heard BBC say something the other night about 50% of 10 to 11-year-olds been exposed to pornography, and they're watching violent pornography, and you've got other kinds of things happening, like people murdering each other, uh, what kind of a result would you ever expect? Um, you know, you hear the rap music. You, you can't, you know, take kids out anymore without the cars driving by blaring some kind of, you know, perverted sexual violence. So that's where um, what I heard the conversation was about. Um, so it is we uh, there is a state of war. And the enemy is more powerful than ever. And when I heard Ron say something about um, them being able to take anyone down, I think in terms of a portrayal, how uh, the enemy is able to, uh, you know, to them, the truth doesn't matter. Only if you can convince someone. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate it. He, he's got a point. Uh, okay, this is our... Gosh. Um, we don't have time for our last call. Yeah. Uh, but listen, Alicia, we're going to bring you back um, because we want to know more about what's going on. And we want to make sure that people are aware. Um, we have um, Dr. Naya Young. I don't know if she's on the line right now. Can we see if we can get her on the line real quick? Dr. Young? Hello? Hello? Okay. Uh, I think Dr. Young probably hung up. Uh, Dr. Naya Young is working on, uh, working with the uh, Tampa Heights um, Community Association, and they are having a festival that's coming up. Um, she should, uh, if you want more information, please, she'll, she'll be on the air next week. She'll be on the air next week with us, okay? Um, but this is very critical information from her with regard to um, the festival that they're going to be having uh, at Tampa Heights. Uh, tune in to the Sunday Forum so we can find out more about it. Alicia, we want to thank you for joining us. You are a you are a jewel a real treasure to our community, and we Thank need... Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you came on. Uh, and we're going to have you again, and again, and again, until we get this thing right. So thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you. Listen, folks, we want to thank you for joining us here on the on the Sunday Forum. Um, the Fourth Estate and I are very, very glad to have you with us, and we want to thank you each and every time that you come on. And as always, from our voice to the radio waves, 